This is episode number 36 with Paula Rizzo, Emmy Award-winning media strategist. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back. I can't wait to share today's episode with you. It was such a fun and interesting conversation. So if you've ever wondered, how do I get on TV? I'd love to promote my book, my service, my product, my business, but how do I get media attention? Well, today's guest is going to help you learn how to do that. Her name is Paula Rizzo, and she's an Emmy Award-winning television producer, best-selling author, and a media trainer and strategist. As a former senior health producer for Fox News Channel for more than a decade, Paula produced segments with a range of top experts, including J.J. Virgin, Jillian Michaels, and Deepak Chopra. But Paula is also a media veteran for nearly 20 years as she worked in local news in New York City as a producer for many other stations. Now, Paula coaches experts and executives to perform better on camera and produce their own videos. So Paula's going to share her best tips on how to get media attention. And we also go into the value of producing content that's visual through videos. And she is going to help you figure out how to get started. So we cover a lot, everything from what colors to wear if you are on television to how to prepare and calm your nerves. So much great, great content in today's episode. So in addition to her media strategy training that she does and her expertise in that area, it turned out that Paula is also a master list maker, and she's written not one but two books on the subject. So in episode 37, I've asked Paula to come back on for a two-part series. Today will be all about media strategy, and the following week will be all about list making, because list making is all about getting organized, prioritizing what's important to you, and reducing stress, and so much more. So if you're not maximizing your time and want ways to get more organized and to be focusing on what matters to you, then you're going to love that episode as well. Before I bring Paula on, I also want to let you know that she's been featured in major media outlets like foxnews.com, Business Insider, and The Daily News. She's also a contributor to Mind Body Green, Entrepreneur.com, and Thrive Global. She is a veteran speaker as well as the co-creator of Lights Camera Expert, which is an online course geared towards helping entrepreneurs, authors, and experts get media attention. She's such a wealth of knowledge, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her. So let's welcome Paula Rizzo. Welcome, Paula. I'm so happy to have you today. Oh, thank you. I'm so thrilled that we have some time together. Um, So you are a media strategist and you have such an interesting background. And I thought it would be great if we could just kick off the show with you just taking a few minutes to introduce yourself and how you got started in this field. 
Sure. I have spent my career in TV news. Uh, I've been doing it for close to 20 years. I can't believe that. But I started, uh, you know, really in, in college. I started because I was interested, always interested in, you know, telling people things they didn't know. And so I thought for a while I would be a print reporter. I thought, oh, I'll be a magazine editor. I'll be a, you know, newspaper reporter, whatever it was. But then you're required to take a broadcast class. And I was like, all right, let me try it. Let me see if I like it. And I fell in love with it because it was just, it was exactly for me. It was fast. It was, you know, conversational. It was, you know, showing people's faces and stories and things like that. And I just loved it. And so um, from there, I got an internship at a small TV station on Long Island. And then I was working. I was working. I was uh, my senior year of, of college. I worked full time while I was in school. So I'd go to class in the morning and then at night I would go and it I would be there for the 11 p.m. newscast. I was a writer at the time. And I really loved it, you know, and, and then 9-11 happened and I was in that newsroom and, you know, I mean, to see the world, to see the world change in front of your eyes and to have a front row seat to history in that way, um, it, it's, it changes, it changes you, you know, and it, it is a privilege to be able to help people understand what's going on in their world. So I've always looked at television as a public service and, you know, telling the stories that will help people in, you know, in, in their everyday life, whether it be life or death situation or from there, you know, I moved into, uh, you know, I worked in local news for a long time. Uh, and, and I won an Emmy Award, which was very exciting wow. uh, in New York City. Yes. And then from there, I went to, to um, uh, Fox News Channel, where I worked for over a decade as a senior health producer. And, you know, there, sometimes it was life or death stories, but for the most part, it was, you know, talking about kale and uh, blueberries <laughs> and stuff like that. And green tea. And I loved it, you know, because that was that was another way to help people improve their lives. Right. It, it wasn't just about the, you know, the the building fires in New York City and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it just it, it really has been a, a wonderful career. And so, you know, I, I left the news business officially about a year and a half ago wow. to go out on my own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'd always sort of I've been very entrepreneurial, you know, because I have a, a book called Listful Thinking and, and um, getting a book out into the world is like creating a business. So I sort of always had that kind of entrepreneurial way. And so now the way that I work with people is that I'm a media trainer, a media strategist. So I help people who want to be out in the world and want to be engaging with media, whether it be traditional media or producing their own videos. I'm really big on getting people to, to do their own videos and produce their own stuff because you can do it now. You could be go live right now if you want to from your phone, which is really exciting. Anyone who's out there that's an entrepreneur needs this. And so I can't wait to dive into this further. But I think people would probably love hearing what it's like to be a producer for Fox News or any of these stations. What, what does a day look like for a producer? Yeah. So there are different kinds of producers, you know, depending on, on where they work. And so that's really important. If you're going to pitch somebody, you need to know what kind of show do they work on? You know, what sort of deadlines are they looking at? So when I worked uh, at WCBS here in New York, and I also worked for WPIX, um, you know, th that's those are local news stations. And so there's a, there's a newscast coming up at five, coming up at six, coming up at 11 or 10 or whatever it is. And so it, it's really fast paced. And so if you are um, looking to pitch media, you know, understanding that it's not that they hated your pitch, they might not have seen it because they're in the middle of a newscast, you know, so even knowing when you send pitches and things like that, you know, don't send it right before their show is about to start. They'll never see it, <laughs> you know, so really understanding, uh, you know, live news is is crazy. And a lot of times 
we would have ideas for stories that we would put together and then they would get killed because breaking news would happen. And you just, and that was it. And and you would do it or not. You know, sometimes it got, it, it it got picked up again and sometimes it just didn't. And that was it. And, um, you know, when I worked at Fox, uh, it was a different, it was a change for me because I, it was a not, it was not a live TV show. It was, I worked for digital. And so at the time when I first worked there, um, it was a new department, you know, the internet, it was like kind of new. I mean, it had always, it always existed, of course, (laughs) but the way they looked at it was very different. It was, uh, they used to take things off TV and then just put it onto the website. But we were for the first time creating original content only for the web and then sharing it with television. So it was a totally different thing. And in the beginning, it was difficult to book guests because they would say, oh, well, this is not going to be on TV. And I was like, this is better. It's going to live forever. Anybody yes. can click on it whenever, you know, so there was a learning curve with that. Um, but, you know, that was a different kind of environment because I had more time to put those those pieces together. So if I didn't have the best expert, I didn't have to worry that I had a five o'clock show and that I had to find somebody and scramble. I could, you know, push it and do do something else. So, it, you know, it just it really depends on what kind of show the producer works works on. So this is so interesting. So. What if somebody wanted to pitch a producer? Are they going through a directly? Like, how do they even find someone like you? Because I know, so let's yeah. say you mentioned you wrote a book. If you're through a publicist, which you are, you have a publishing house. A lot of times maybe they help or they have somebody that does that. I know you have to do your own as well. But if somebody doesn't have access to that, how do they even know how to access someone like you within a newsroom? Yeah, it's tricky because it's not like a magazine editor or a newspaper editor where their byline is there. Right. So you know exactly who who is it that wrote this? Exactly. Who did this? You know, we're we're like ghostwriters basically. Um, well, the way that you find it is really, I mean, LinkedIn is a really great tool mm. that I think is underutilized. And I loved it when I was a producer when people would reach out to me because producers and editors and anybody in the media, they're looking for you. This is our job to come up with new untapped talent. So we're not gonna know the you're out there unless you tell us. Mm. And the way you tell us is you come find us and you tell us, or you produce really great content that gets attention. And then we say, Hey, look at this person who's, you know, always producing these really great videos, or they have this podcast or, you know, whatever their Instagram is amazing, you know, whatever it is, uh, you're already sort of doing this and already sharing it and showing yourself as an expert. But you have to tell the producer that you exist. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of times, um, what I tell clients too is just call the station. Like no one calls ever, and so to be able to say to a local news station, "Hey, you call the assignment desk. Hey, I'm just looking for the producer. Who? What producer would I pitch for X Y Z show?" And you know what? They're going to give it to you. And if they don't, call back in like two hours when somebody else is working the desk, and maybe they'll give it to you. So it, it's it's just a, you know, it, it's like going back to to people. Nobody wants to talk to anybody anymore. But it's if you so go back true. and you really just call them and ask, I mean, they really want new stories. So you're doing them a favor. Okay. So this is so great. So you said that you actually are open and want to hear from people, which I think people are reluctant or they think, okay, well, how do I even connect or what do I say? And it's a relationship that you're trying to connect and create. This isn't just, you know, pitching yourself and, oh, let me tell you about how great I am. So tell us, give us some tips around a good way to be received, even if they're not ready for your story, but to start laying that foundation to create the relationship with the person that you want to connect with. Be of service. 
look to see who is it that that producer or editor, like who is their audience? Understand that, watch the show, read the newspaper. Um, a good tip is to look at the ads. Cause if you look at those ads, you know exactly who the advertisers are targeting. And so it, it, I mean, they spend a lot of money to know that, right? They know exactly who's watching Monday Night Football. You're not going to see certain ads during Monday Night Football because they know that's not the audience for it or whatever, you know? Um, but that's a really, really good indicator of who's, who's, you know, who are you, who is that producer serving? Because, you know, for me, I worked a long time at Fox News Channel and our audience was not my demographic. It was older men. So I was doing a lot of hip replacement stories, weekend warrior, you know, that kind of stuff. I didn't personally care about any of those stories, but our audience did. So I had to look through the lens of would he care about this story? And so, you know, I have this avatar in my head of, of who our ideal client is or who our ideal audience is. Yeah. Same thing in business, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, as I'm becoming a business person, now I understand. I'm like, oh, I've been doing this all along. It actually works exactly the same way, you know, even with sales, understanding how to sell your business or sell your services. It's the same way as pitching. You want to tell them what their outcome is going to be. It's not about you. And that's the biggest mistake. A lot of times people will pitch, oh, I'm so great and I've won a zillion awards and I'm, you should just interview me. And it's like, I don't care. There's a zillion people who've won awards. Why do I care? You know, why does my audience care? What is in it for them? What do they get out of it? So to really kind of flip it and say, okay, how can I help this audience? And, uh, you know, just really understand also who the, who the talent is. So knowing who the uh, reporter or who the anchor is. Because a lot of times I would do stories that, you know, maybe we're a little off base, but my anchor loved it. Like it was, it made him happy. So I was like, we're doing it all day long. It'd be like wine, you know, <laughs> stories or whatever, you know, if he was happy with it, I'm like, we're going to book it, you know, it's gonna make my life easier. I'm just going to do it. So to, to know that, you know, to know what it is that, um, that makes the, the dynamic work, you know, yeah, you really want to, to tap into that heartbeat of the, of the show, make the producer's life easier. Right. So I'm hearing you don't pitch yourself. I'm so great. I've won all these awards. I'm do your homework, figure out who the audience is and then craft it. But can you give us an example of, you know, how to even just start that conversation, the, that first lead in? Because I think it's hard when it's a cold pitch, if you will, there's no relationship there yet to then approach somebody people are very self-conscious about how, how they're going to be perceived. Yeah. It's always better to have a warm intro. Of course, you know, if there's somebody else that you know, who can just introduce you or whatever. Um, but if you don't have that, a good way to do it is to look up some of the stuff that this producer has done before or look up something that they're doing now. You know, people would, would come to me, you know, they would look up and see that I was an author. And they would say, oh, I love lists or whatever. You know, I don't know if they really love lists, but it would started the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, it was an it was an interesting thing because it was something that mattered to me personally as a person. Mm -hmm. And that is what people miss out on, especially when they pitch media all the time. They don't treat us like people. They treat us like a doorway to television. You know, the end game is you're in the way of the end game, basically. And so, you know, and it, it happens. You know, there are people who I'm still very friendly with, who I've been, you know, were some of my experts for years and years years and we're friends mm. and that lasted way beyond me even leaving Fox. We've still done stuff together, you know? Mm. And so it's, it's really, it's wonderful, you know, but those people who really take an interest, they're genuinely nice people, you know, be a nice person. It's, it's amazing that you have to tell people that, but I'm telling you, <laughs> people are not, they are not. <laughs> okay. So you've already covered a bit about 
what I'm about to ask you, but what are the common mistakes that you saw people make time and time again, where you were mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh my goodness, no, no. Yes. Well, it is, it is all about them. You know, that's number one, or they pitch, um, you know, they pitch a book and I've never heard of them before. You know, they're brand new. They're a brand new expert to me. So I work with a lot of experts, um, uh, you know, in all fields, but particularly authors and people who want to be authors and people who are interested in, you know, get, doing that. You know, I've done it myself, which yeah. is, you know, it's, I understand the process. It's a long, it's a long thing. Um, but then being able to put yourself out there, you know, with this book, people think when I get a book, when I publish a book, I'll do media. That's too late. Right. You have to be doing it way before because you want the producer to already know you, to already say, oh, yeah, I love Michelle. She's so great. Like, I, I, she was she was wonderful when she had all those other tips. Oh, she's got a book now? Great. Sure. Let's bring her in. You want it to be easy because producers get piles and piles and piles and piles of, piles of books. Um, and I loved, you know, talking to authors and doing those kind of segments. But the ones who made it through were the ones that I already knew for the most part mm. or had a really, really different book, you know. Right. Um, so really doing it before you have something to promote is really the best time to do it because it gives you practice and it, it puts you in that be of service mindset. Hey, I know some things I want your audience to know about them. How far out in advance though? So you have a book coming out in September. We're going to be covering that in a separate interview, which I can't wait to talk yes. about your list. So great. But how far out are you pitching yourself? You know, how soon yeah. to the date of, you know, when the book is coming out, do you, do you start the process? I mean, I've never stopped. I keep Mm. doing it. You know, I've never, I've never thought of it in a way, uh, you know, I, I, um, one of your previous guests, Terry Trespicio is a a good friend of mine and a colleague and, you know, of course together lights, camera expert. And, uh, she and I, uh, you know, we know each other because we pitched each other stories when we were in the media, you know, she was at Martha Stewart and I pitched her a story idea, about my blog, listproducer.com. It was a blog. And I knew if I'm going to be an expert in list making, the media has to see me as that. You know, I have to be the one you just say that you're it. And so I was like, hey, I'm, you know, I, I know all this stuff about lists, uh, you know, and it put my put my producer hat on, you know, to say, hey, this is this is through the lens through which I look at it. It's different than a professional organizer. It's different, you know. Um, but I knew I needed to get some media around it for people to really to to then even be able to pitch a book to a, to a publisher, you know, because you do need a platform. So, uh, do it way ahead. And then, you know, that my first book listful thinking came out four years ago and I've done media consistently still, you know, I still pitch, I still, you know, look for stuff. I always, you know, now how is video well being on television or even the digital portion that you did for Fox different than print when you're you know, in terms of what you're suggesting we do. For pitching media. Yeah, for pitching media. Yeah, Yeah, print versus television. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of pitches that are really great, but they're great for print because they're not visual. And so, you know, for if you're going to pitch TV or video, you need to be thinking, why is this, you know, what are we going to see? What kind of transformation can you show me? You know, that's why cooking demos are so great. Because you you see the end result, you know. Uh, I just wrote a piece about professional organizers and why they make the best guests for TV because they have the before and after, you know. They yes. have the mess before, and then there's the big ta-da, and it looks amazing, and you're like, wow, I can do that. But that visual element is so important. So being able to think through, 
okay, what kind of segment would this be? You know, is this a tabletop uh, demonstration where I'm showing different things? You know, it's like, uh, here's different products that will help you be more productive, whatever, you know? Um, or is there a story, you know, that you're, you're doing yoga or you're, you're, you know, you own a yoga studio. That's great because then we're going to shoot some video of people doing yoga in that studio. So being able to think visually is really important for television. Whereas, you know, for, for magazines, it doesn't, it doesn't always matter. Okay. This is so interesting. I love this conversation. So let's give the women listening two tips that they could implement today to improve their odds of getting noticed by a producer. Two simple tips. Well, one is to, to be found, you know, to be able to be found. So that's the content that you're putting out there, right? Yeah. So ha- make sure you're there. A lot of times people think, oh, the media will find me. A lot of times the clients that I work with, they say, <laughs> oh, I thought they just picked you. And it's like, well, yes, but you have to let us know that you exist, that you're out there. So you need to be consistently sharing content around what you know, you know, and really getting it out there, whether it's through LinkedIn or through a blog. You know, I always say do video, do video first, because then you have everything else you need. You can strip the audio out of it. You can take, you know, have it transcribed. Then you have a blog post. You can pull little nuggets out of it. And then you have social media, you know, so you have everything from just one asset. Um, so I think thinking in terms of, you know, what do I have to share? What do I always tell my clients? What are the frequently asked questions? Um, you know, what do I keep answering again and again? That is what you should be sharing. Hmm. And, you know, sharing your opinions and sharing your views on things too, you know, thinking through, oh, uh, something in the news was just out about, you know, something that's your expertise. What do you have to say about it? What's your opinion? So really getting yourself into that mindset of, of the media, because in a newsroom, when something happens in the news, they're looking for experts to talk about it. And they need somebody who has an opinion, who's able to, to say, okay, you know, hey, uh, this just happened today. Here's what I think about it. Okay. So you are a fan of video as well. So does having your own YouTube channel or creating a lot of content that way also boost your chances because then a producer could say, oh, I can see how they carry themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to pitch television, you have to pitch a clip. That is the one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that they do not include video. And if I was interested at all, I'd always reply back and say, can you send a video media clip? And that doesn't mean that you have to have been on another TV show. It just means that I need to see what you look like on camera. Just shoot it yourself in your apartment right now, you know, and just so I can see what you look like. I can hear what you sound like. I can see, can you string together a sentence without blabbering on and on and on? How is this going to go if I bring you in the studio with somebody? Are you going to be able to have a good back and forth with them? Mm-hmm. A producer's always going to do a pre-interview with you. So they're always going to call you on the phone or do a video call before mm-hmm. um, to make sure to see, you know, it's a test. We want to see how are you going to perform? Because I'm not going to bring somebody in the studio who's going to, flatline as soon as that, that light goes on. It has <laughs> happened to me in the past. And after that happened, I was like, forget it. The guy was amazing on the phone. He was great in the green room. It was awesome before the segment. We brought him out to the studio. Nothing. No personality. Hardly answered the questions. And I was in the control room and I was like, what is happening? What, what happened? What here, did happen? You know? What did happen? You think he just, just got nervous? So nervous. It was one of his. It was one of his very first media interviews, and we actually didn't use it because it was so bad. Um, oh, thankfully, no. it was pre-taped and it was it wasn't live, so it was fine. But um, I remember afterwards, my anchor came up to me. He's like, "What? What was with that guy? What happened?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like he's having a really bad day." <laughs> oh, I actually feel for that guy. Okay, well, actually, this is a good 
time to ask then, what advice do you give? Somebody makes it. They get the producer says, yes, come on. Let's give them some pro tips here. What colors should they wear? How do they ground themselves? I'm sure you have to coach people on this because you're helping them secure media. So once yes. you you're prepping them so that they're ready and that they don't flatline like that poor guy did. Yes, exactly. You want to show up like a pro. You want to show that you know what you're doing, even if you don't, you know, so, um, do colors matter? I'm just curious. Do, do Yeah, oh, I thought 100%. so. Okay. Yes. So what colors are good? And what, let's start there first. What colors are good and Always. what should you stay away from? Always wear bold colors. You know, I love solids. They look really good on camera, jewel tones. Um, you know, I would also ahead of time look to see what does the set look like if you can, or ask the producer, because you never want to wear the same color as the set. You know, at Fox, ah. our set was like red, white, and blue all the time. And so people who came in in blue, yeah, you kind of blend in a little bit. You're not popping as oh, much on the, on the set. Yeah. So you want to be able to, to know that ahead of time. Um, always bring a backup with you and avoid, um, avoid any kind of, uh, you know, like patterns, patterns or, you know, like, weird things like that because it makes the camera go kind of crazy. You want to stick to solids. I would say I would avoid black. I would avoid white because it doesn't always look great, you know, yeah. depending. Um, anchors will wear white or they'll wear, you know, you'll see sort of what they wear, but you know, the lighting is tested for them specifically. Like, mm -hmm. you know what they're going to be wearing. If you're a guest, you get whatever lighting is, is there for the guest, <laughs> you know, that's it. So, you know, just to, to make sure you, you look good and you feel good and you feel comfortable. You don't want to be testing out new things that day. You know, same thing with jewelry. I would keep it sort of understated, no like big necklaces or anything like that. Because remember, you're going to have a microphone on you, you know, you're going to be mic'd. And, you know, for women who are wearing dresses, think about it. Where are they going to put that mic pack on you? A lot of times they actually put it on your bra strap. So you're going to get a little bit cozy with the audio guy. Oh. Uh, so That's if that good. makes you uncomfortable, wear pants, you know, wear, a, you know, a top, a colored, colored top, and then wear some pants. So you can put the mic pack on the back of the pants as opposed to, you know, either at the top of the dress or, you know, on your bra a lot of times is what they do. Oh, this is so good because nobody's going to be thinking about this. This is like the stuff that happens on set. The so insider. This is, yes. this is the, in, these are the good insider tips. Those are great. Um, okay. And then how... How do you coach your clients to just stay chill and just be able to bring out their best self when they're on camera? Well, it is very much about practicing before because people think, oh, I'll be great when I get out there. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. I talk about this all the time. It's very different in a controlled environment like a studio where it's you have three minutes and they're going to ask you a very targeted question and they want a soundbite, you know, so to be thinking in headlines. That's how I, how I teach it to people. You know, if, if I were to only hear a sentence of what you said, what is the top headline? You know, just give me a little bit. And then if you have more time, then you can give a little bit more and give a little bit more. Um, but really to, uh, I think also knowing ahead of time, what does this look like? Watch the show, watch the anchor, understand who that person is that you're going to be interacting with and know that, you know what, they might not talk to you before. They might not be super friendly. They're, this might not be, they, this is their job day in and day out. It's like next person, next, 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 next interview, you know? Right. And so for you to come in and know like, okay, I'm a piece of this puzzle for the day. And if they don't talk to me or they're not that nice, it's not about me, you know? It's, yeah. not, it's not like, oh, it shouldn't throw you off. And their energy should never throw you off because- you show up exactly the same every single time. You keep your energy up. You make sure you perform because this is a performance, you know? And if you've told stories before in the past, of course, we all have, right? You know, your story of how you got started or whatever whatever your, your go-to stories are, you have to tell them like you've 
you've never told them before because this audience has never heard it. So it needs to be, you know, you have to be the Broadway actor and come in and say, okay, matinee time, or, you know, we're going to do the evening performance now. You do it again. And it's just as amazing as the first time you've ever done it. So it does take some practice. And then also just sort of to ground yourself, you know, uh, before you go in, really just calming yourself down, taking some deep breaths. But I, I always think knowing a little bit about out the setup before you go in really does ease anxiety. So really watching that show and understanding, you know, what's going to happen, what is the, what does the format look like is really helpful. Yeah, this is so good. You want to be prepared. Preparation is essential. This is so good. Um, the lights are probably really bright. Are they on the set? Yeah, very bright. Yes, very, very bright. So, and it's usually, you know, sometimes they're a little bit hot. So to know, you know, <laughs> actually um, important short sleeves versus long or a sweater. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's always really cold in the studio. You know, oh, the studios are freezing cold because huh. they have the equipment and the lights and all of that stuff. And so you need to really, I mean, whatever, it's going to be three minutes of your life. You're fine, but it's going to be cold. You know, you're <laughs> going to go in and be like, what is this place? <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. Okay. Now we talked about preparing, but you also talked about video as being a great strategy for any woman entrepreneur out there who's going to want to build her audience. Where do you suggest somebody starts? Because there's a lot of advice that says just start. But do you agree with that? Or what's your philosophy around creating videos and beginning creating content that way? It is really important for media, of course, but then also to be able to bring clients your way and to have people know you before they even hire you. I mean, that's really, you know, the the best part of all of this. Same thing with podcasts. It's great because it's very intimate. People can hear you. They think they know you. Video is one step up from that. I mean, think about when you're watching a TV show or, you know, the, the news. You, you probably watch because you like that anchor. You feel like you know them, you know, and you don't know them. But that's what you want. You want that from familiar, familiar faces. <laughs> I can't say the word. Um, but that's what you want, basically. And, uh, you know, to be able to start, it really is about thinking through how can I be of service? Because a lot of times people are hung up on, oh, what am I going to say? Where should I look? All that's important. That's stuff I can teach you. It's fine. But it really is about the audience. It's not about you. It's not about your lipstick. It's not about your hair. It's about how am I going to help somebody today? And what is the tip that I'm going to give them today? You know, there's this um, author who I media trained. She's a vegan chef and her husband had um, gout and very badly, very, very badly. And for years, the family suffered because the poor guy, you know, he would get these flare ups and it would be right before they were going on vacation. And then they had to cancel the vacation or she'd be going out to dinner with their friends and then he'd have to cancel. You know, I mean, it really affected their life and she did not want to do media. She didn't want to do TV. She didn't, you know, her publisher hired me to come and media trainer. And I said, you know what? All those years ago when you were canceling stuff, whatever, wouldn't you love for somebody to say to you, Hey, if you try a vegan diet, that'll go away. And she's like, Oh my gosh, of course. And I was like, well, that's who you are now. That's what you can do for people. So good. And once I said that, she was like, all right, I'm I'm in, I'll do it. I'll do it. Cause this is going to help people. So to put yourself in that mindset of service versus I'm being salesy, I'm going to promote myself today. You're not, this is not about you. This is so good. Okay. So I'm curious, Paula, why did you decide to go out on your own? So why did you leave that life to become an entrepreneur? 
Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I love the news business. I wasn't one of those people who was showing up to work every day miserable. I loved it. And I just was always thinking of what's next. What else am I going to do? Where am I going to go from here? You know, I had the book and I was speaking a lot and I was, you know, already working with people, um, you know, on media training and coaching. And I thought, you know what, I can help you be on Fox News. That's great. But if I worked with the individuals, I could help them get their messages out even further, right? Because they'd be on ABC and NBC and all these other places, and they'd be able to get a more widespread message. And, you know, for me, too, it was very much um, lifestyle. You know, I, I had a great schedule at Fox. That's why I probably stayed there for over a decade, which is unheard of uh, in any media outlet. You'll see people move around every two or three years or whatever it is. Um, but I had a great schedule. I had a great team. Um, but, you know, for me, I really wanted to call my own shots. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I, you know, it, it became that we were doing a lot of videos that were like very short social media videos, you know, and I was like, eh, I don't, I'm, I'm not loving that anymore. You know, it's not really for me. So, it was a great opportunity for me at that point to, you know, write another book and start a different career. I mean, I'm using the same, the same skills that I used every day in the news business to be able to help experts. And for me, it's really rewarding because you guys don't know this stuff and I had the inside scoop on it. So if I'm able to, to open the door and say, Hey, you know what? Don't send a pitch that looks like that because producers hate it and you would never know. I, I find that to be really great. Yeah. And people can't see you, but I can. And I can see your passion. I can just see how much you love this in every part of your being right now. It's so cool. Um, let's leave the women listening with your three best tips on how to get buzz. Mm -hmm, sure. So the first one is uh, be of service, of course, as I had mentioned, you know, the, taking sort of yourself out of it and thinking, how can I help somebody else? If you do that, that you're, you're golden. The second part is if you are going to pitch, um, there are three elements that you really need to be thinking about. And the first is the hook, which is why now, why is this story important today, right? Is it that it's a holiday? Is it in the news? You know, some celebrity just did something that has to do with your topic or whatever it is, that will make it very relevant to a producer. They'll be more interested because they'll they'll have more urgency rather than something that what we call is evergreen that can be done at any time, which of course they'll do, but then if breaking news happens, it gets pushed away. So you want to make it relevant with the hook. The twist is the second part. So how is this different from everything else that I've heard? Because producers have heard everything and have, I mean, look at a magazine. Look at the front of the magazine. It's like, didn't you just read that last month? Totally. I mean, imagine what the what the what the editors feel like. How am I going to make this different? How, you know, so help them twist. How can you know is bacon good for you now? That'd be great. You know, <laughs> um, and then the takeaway. What is the takeaway? What will the audience do tomorrow that will really change their life? You know, whether it be you're going to drink some green juice or you're going to do this exercise or whatever. You know, what is the, the big takeaway? So those three elements: the hook, the twist, the takeaway. Those are really um, you know, the, the best ways to, to sort of get in, in the door. And then I think my third one would be, you know, not to wait. So often people think, oh, I'll do media when I have something when, when, and, and that strategy does not work because it doesn't, 
I mean, a lot of people, a lot of celebrities do that. You know, you see them doing the circuit when they have the book and they have this. It doesn't work if you're not a celebrity. You know what I mean? Like they're going to book J-Lo no matter what, because it's J-Lo. It doesn't matter what she's talking about. She's going to get her foot in the door, you know? Um, but for you, you need to be doing it way before you even feel like you have something that you need to to be promoting. And it'll put you in that place of service. You know, I am curious, you mentioned a little bit about social media. How important is that to a producer or a writer? Are they, they're not doing extra research beyond what you're sending them, are you? Do they care about your social media presence or are they? Yes, we okay. will stalk you. There's a lot of stalking that will happen. As soon as someone will send something on your website, I'm on all your social media, I want to see, is this person you know, who they say they are. Is this an authentic, you know, are they really an expert? And we're going to do lots of research on you. So we better like what we see, you know? Um, I never really cared about following. For me, that was never like that. Oh, they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of followers, but some producers do and some shows do because they, you know, they want to know that you're going to be able to promote this segment to your audience. Um, but when you're working with a major media outlet, like Fox news channel, you know, we have a pretty big audience, so we're not so concerned about that piece of it. But it just depends on the outlet because some producers will care about that piece of it. But 100%, they're going to look at all of that stuff. Okay, but they're going to look only if they're interested in you, right? Or no? I mean, sometimes I, you know, it curiosity. depends on... <laughs> Yeah, it depends sometimes on on the 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 time and curiosity of the producer, but there'd be people that were, that would send something and I wouldn't like their pitch, but I'd like them or there was something about them and I'd say, "Okay, let me do a little bit more work." And I'd get on the phone with them and I'd say, "Okay, you know what? That pitch isn't going to work, but what else you got? Let's talk it through." Because a lot of times that's sort of the back and forth with a producer is what ends up getting, you know, it's the collaboration. And the best experts who I, who I worked with for years and years were very collaborative. They would pitch me all the time. And I said, ah, we just did something like that. Ah, I don't care so much. What else? What else? And, and being able to go back and forth and not feel like, oh, they don't like me because they didn't like my one pitch. Most of the time, the first pitch that goes through is not what, what ends up on the air anyway. And should you expect to hear back or not only if the producer is interested? Oh, you have to follow up. No. So, oh, so you have to follow up. So if you send a pitch yes, and you expert. hear nothing, then do it again. Oh, I would follow up. Yes. And when you follow up and I would love when people followed up because maybe I saw the pitch and I thought, oh, this is good. But then I was in the field shooting something and I forget about it and I didn't put it on my to-do list and I don't go back to it. So absolutely. If you don't hear back, definitely reply back to that same email and do not say, Hey, what do you think of below? Or are you interested? Repitch. You know, so say, hey, you know, just as a just I know you're really busy. I just wanted to pop this back up to the top of your inbox. And, you know, here's here's uh, what I'm pitching and, just, you know, a little synopsis of, synopsis of the pitch. And then, hey, there's more below, you know, if you're interested. And I was always so appreciative when people did that because it is a crazy, crazy town in a newsroom. You know, there's a lot of stuff happening. So sometimes I was interested, but then I got derailed. So it is good to always follow up. And if you can find that producer's phone number, call them. They will not answer. I never answered my phone. Never, 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 unless it was like my boss. Um, and so, because it's publicists for the most part who were calling to just pitch you cold and no one calls anymore though. That is, it's very rare that your phone even rings. Mm -hmm. So if you call and you leave a message, I would listen to the message and I'd say, oh, okay, so so-and-so call. Okay, fine. And then they would send the email again right then and say, hey, I'll send it through again. I'd always give it a seven, second look because I'd always think, all right, they went through the extra trouble of actually finding my phone number and calling, which no one does. It's another layer. Like, let me, let me, you know, be courteous and see what it is that they're pitching. And 
does somebody have a better chance getting booked through a publicist or if they pitch themselves directly? Is there an advantage because a publicist just is more seasoned? What's your thoughts on that? It depends because, you know, there are some publicists who are, who I've loved and I work with, you know, for years and years and they'd say, Hey, you know, we were friendly. And so, Hey, there's somebody I want you to take a look at, or what do you think? Or I'll be like, nah, I'm going to pass. And then they would say, you know, could you just take a second look? Like it might actually be really good. And I would be like, okay, because I trusted that person. If you don't have that relationship with that publicist, it's not going to work in the same way. And sometimes if the, if the editor or producer doesn't have that closeness with, with a produce, with a uh, publicist, it's almost better for the, for the expert to pitch themselves because you're going to pitch yourself better than anybody, you know? I, I, yeah, I love that you just said that actually. (laughs) Um, so are there any resources that we can direct the listeners, the women listening to, to figure out how to pitch themselves? Any resources you want to leave? Yeah. So there's a, a site, it's called uh, helpareporter.com, uh, a Harrow, which was started by Peter Shankman, who's a friend of mine, a uh, publicist. And yes, I've interviewed Peter through the years. He's a good friend of mine. He's a big list maker too. So we have a lot of like productivity hacks that we share. Um, and uh, so he started this, uh, you know, years and years ago and sold it, but it's a great resource because it's, uh, it's three emails that go out per day from reporters who are looking for experts. And so, you can reply to those reporters. And so you basically know exactly what they're working on. It's not a cold pitch. So, you know, this way it's like you are really helping them do the story. So make sure that when you see those, you do actually send a pitch to them, you know, send them your ideas, not like, Hey, I could talk about this. When you send out a hair request as a journalist, you get so many, so many responses back that a lot of times it's just the first ones that come through that work that get booked because you just don't have time to go through all of them. So be fast on it and also, um, you know, make sure that you deliver the goods right there in that email and, you know, there's not too much back and forth. Um, so I really, I love that, especially if people are just starting. I use Harrow all the time myself too. You know, I've gotten a lot of hits, uh, you know, as a media person, as a productivity coach, all of that. So it, it's a, it's really good to, to know what producers want. And then you're just like, Hey, here it is. Make it easy. Awesome. Um, what about where can I send people to learn more about you, Paula, and the work that you're doing? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So they can go to paularizzo.com slash checklist and you can download my free checklist to become a go-to media expert. So all of the ins and outs on, you know, how do you get asked back again and again? Because that's the thing. You don't if you do get get through once, I don't want it to be a fluke. I want you to be able to consistently, you know, cultivate that relationship and hopefully, you know, reach even more media outlets after that. Thank you. This has been so, so helpful. I loved this conversation. Thank you. Me too. What a great conversation with so many useful tips. If you'd like to access the show notes from today, then head on over to thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 036. While you're there, I invite you to sign up for the weekly email that I send out to the community of women with just information to help elevate an area of your life. And once you do that, you'll also automatically get in your inbox a list of 52 self-care tips for the busy woman, just as a reminder to help make you a priority in your life. If you took away a lot of value from today's conversation and know somebody who would benefit from it, please take a second to share it. And remember that Paula will be back on next Wednesday to talk about list making to live a happier and less stressed life. 
Thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to reconnecting next Wednesday. Bye for now.